This is Right From The Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Erin Taylor-Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? Right. As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you, encouraging you and equipping you to find your truest story in the deep places. Get our show notes and more, including a free audio download on how to safeguard your writer's heart at writefromthedeep.com. Hey guys, here's what's happening at Right From The Deep. Well, as always, thank you so much to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a platform that enables creatives like us to get paid, and it takes time, you guys, and money to put together these podcasts and to pay for the hosting. So our patrons on Patreon are helping to make this podcast possible, and you can find out more information about that if you want to consider supporting. It's Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Right From the deep. And thanks so much to our August sponsor of the month, Bobby Eptograph. You can find out more about another important cause that she sponsors at friendsofrenacer.com. Friendsofrenacer.com. That's a wonderful ministry of presence and praying, visiting, listening, encouraging, and helping financially the orphaned children in Honduras. Right. Thank you, Bobby. Yay. <laughs> and so what else is happening? I will be at the Florida Christian Writers Conference. I'm super excited about that. Going to be in person in October, the 20th through the 24th in Leesburg, Florida. And basically, I'm going to be representing Wild Heart Books there. And that's a publisher of Christian Historical Romance. I'll be taking pitches and appointments for them. So I'm excited about that. I'm also teaching a session called Did God Really Ask You to Write? And you can find more about this. I'll have a link in the show notes for Florida Christian Writers Conference. Another exciting thing is that we have a sponsorship from the Novel Marketing Podcast with host Thomas Umstead Jr. You know, his is the longest running book marketing podcast in the world. Yay! We don't take a sponsorship like this lightly. We agreed because we know and trust Thomas and his podcast is full of great information and advice. It is indeed. And just recently, I saw one of his episodes. It's basically, and we'll link to this in the show notes, it's how to overcome the fear of book promotion. Well, guys, that's a relevant topic for you. Um, In the same episode, it covers real questions that people ask, like, how do I know if I've written what my readers like? Or how do I decode beta reader feedback? So again, we're going to link to this in the show notes, but we highly recommend this podcast for more book promotion and platform help, you can listen to Novel Marketing in your favorite podcast app or at novelmarketing.com. We've also been sharing wonders with you. And many of you know that several months ago, Don and I got a new little family member, a little 18-month-old corgi puppy. He's a fluffy corgi. His name is Bungie and Boo. he's cute. <laughs> he's adorable and he's so soft. And here's the wonder. He is my shadow. No matter where I go, he's there. And I won't even hear him come up. I turn around and he's sitting there looking up at me as though he's saying, what are we going to do next, mom? And I thought to myself, that's what I I need to be like with Jesus. I need to be at his heels, following him wherever he is, sitting and watching and waiting and asking him, what are we going to do today, Lord? And being that excited and that worked up about it so that the minute I say to Bungie, let's go play, he's off. And so the minute Jesus says to me, let's go do this, I'm ready to go. And I find that just marvelous. Indeed. And now, here's, here's the, the show. show. 
Welcome, listeners. We are so glad that you are here with us today. And we have a guest. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we are going to let Karen introduce our lovely guest. I am delighted to welcome Kara Putnam here to the podcast. I met Kara years and years and years ago <laughs> at one of the writer's retreats that we both attended, and they were so much fun, and Kara was so much fun. She has, I kid you not, guys, the most beautiful smile you've ever seen, and she she and I had an adventure um, on one of these writer retreats where we got these marvelous Sundays that were out of this world, and I still have pictures of that. They were so good. And she's this little skinny thing, and I'm not, but it was okay because we shared a love of hot fudge. So she's an award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 books. You'd never believe it because you look at her and you think she's 13, but she's written 30 <laughs> books since the time she could read Nancy Drew. She's wanted to write mysteries. And in 2005, she attended a book signing at her local Christian bookstore, and the rest, they say, is history. There she met Colleen Coble, who has mentored so many writers in this industry. And with prompting from Kara's husband, she shared her dream with Colleen. And since those infamous words, she's been writing books. And I tell you, she writes amazing books. And in addition to that, get this, guys, she's an attorney a lecturer at a Big Ten university, and she's active in women's ministry, and she's an all-around crazy woman, which she has to be to take on all of that. She's crazy about God, her husband, and her kids. She graduated from honors at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Oh, and she says, go Huskers, which for me, that means go Huskies from Washington. So George Mason Law School and Purdue University's Cranert School of Management. That's her MBA. You can learn more about her books at Carol putnam.com that's c-a-r-a-p-u-t-m-a-n.com Kara welcome thank you so much for having me and Karen one of the things I first remember about meeting you at one of those writing retreats is I had my two-month-old with me oh yes you were the baby whisperer yeah, yes. sitting between James Scott Bell and Randy Alcorn feeling <laughs> like such a fraud I had like two books out at the time it was 2008 and you just Rebecca could be a little fussy and yet you would just take her and love on her and I went this is a woman who has a heart of gold and loves <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and the funny thing about that, she came to me and she called me the baby whisperer. And they said, you know, I just did with Rebecca the same thing I do with puppies when they're fussy. It worked really well. <laughs> it did. But it was just, I literally, I was so overwhelmed and intimidated walking into this room of all of the Christian authors that I have so respected and admired. And you know how sometimes Satan will be like, you're a fraud, you're no, a fraud. Yes. you don't really belong here. And I so felt that, especially since I was showing up with this newborn, basically. Oh. <laughs> and yet you and everyone else just were so welcoming. And that's one of the things I love about Christian fiction authors. We're just the best. <laughs> yes, we that's are. Right. Well, let's, let's start off here with our question we love to ask everyone, Kara, what does the deep mean to you? Oh, I love that question. Here's what the deep means to me when I'm thinking particularly about faith. I think that there are two ways that people approach it. And some people get content with the shallow end where, you know, they're getting their toes wet and maybe they attend 
a Bible study or something, but it's not one that has them like pulling it all apart. They're what Paul would call content with milk. And then there are those of us who are like, I am so past that. I want steak. I want a cannonball off the diving board. Right. You'd have to to drag me up to do like the you know, two-story <laughs> one. Or the Olympics are coming, so I'm imagining the platform. I'm like, you would have to throw me off that thing. But I want all that God has for me. And that's what I think of when I think of the deep is just go in where you can't stand anymore. You know, Hillsong had that song that everybody was singing for forever about oceans. And just that idea that God's crashing over us. And sometimes it's painful. It is not always fun, but that we just want everything he has for us. So we are risking it all and going into the deep. Oh, I love that. You know, we were talking before we started the recording about uh, you being a typed AAA control freak (laughs) and how God decided to put you in that personality into a career where we have no control. So I'm sure that there are many of our readers out there, many of our listeners out there who understand implicitly the idea that this is a tough thing to do because there really isn't a lot that we can control. Why don't you talk about that? a little and about your own journey into being able to let go and trust in God's control. Yeah. And um, I think one of the things that a lot of people can look at, like my bio that you were reading and say, oh, she started writing in 2005. She got her contract in 2006. First book comes out in 2007. It wins a major award in 2008. It's often butterflies and rainbows. (laughs) The occasional unicorn shows up. It's easy for people to look at it and go, that's her journey. It's been this piece of cake. And yet publishing is so far out of our control. I mean, Mm. I like being an attorney or my other hat is I'm a university professor and there's, I control my classroom. I (laughs) control what my students are learning. I control how fast we learn it and when we learn it. And then you look at publishing and it's like (laughs) complete opposite. And there are things that we control as writers. We control whether we're going to sit down and do the work. We control whether we're going to write the proposals that feel like flipping our wrist and bleeding all over the place (laughs) and going, is anybody going to like this? And I despise proposal writing. I'm like, just, (laughs) I mean, by now, haven't I earned the right to just be like, hey, we know she's going to write a great book. Go for it. And yet, I'm not there. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I really, there have been so many times I've gone, okay, God, why am I in this industry? And he's like, because you can't control it. (laughs) I can do everything perfectly. And I am an Enneagram three perfectionist, first born type A. I mean, hello, is there (laughs) any more of a person who's like, just give me a task and I can do it and I'll do it great and it'll be perfect. And it doesn't matter in publishing. You can do everything absolutely perfectly. And one of your books releases two weeks into the pandemic. And guess what? The libraries and bookstores are closed. So print sales are tanked. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I can do about that. And in that process, my publisher said, no, we're not going to offer you another contract. And I wanted to be like, excuse me, this is a pandemic. Really? You're going to hold that against me? And then I'm thinking about all my friends 
who rely on their writing income, who are releasing at the same time and going, oh God, you know, this is not good. Help us. And I'm fortunately that book has completely recovered since then. But those are the things that we can't control. You can write the most beautiful book and nobody finds it. And so I've learned it has to be about going, okay, God, just help me have a heart for whoever the readers are that you want to read it. Help me to focus on being obedient and doing what I can do and then holding it just really open-handed. And I had to do that with the dream since I was 14 and was like, I can write books. Bodhi Tanay and Jeanette Oak aren't writing fast enough. I can do that. Um, And yet, you know, God didn't say go till I was 32. And then it was really fast, but the dream actually started a lot earlier. Hmm. That's amazing. What steps do you think you took along the way with God to get from the point of, but I can control it. I can control it. You know, (laughs) I mean, to get from there to where you're like, it's cool. I'm laid back. It's God's got it. You know, that didn't happen overnight, obviously. So what do you think were some keys that helped you move from one place to another on that journey? I would say it's still a journey. I mean, I... Like I remember the type of the Enneagram three, Yeah, it's all about looking successful. And so it's, there are times like there is one of the gals I kind of mentor and now she's almost a peer, which is so fun. But <laughs> she's, she was calling me last week going, what does this mean? I'm like, oh, it means you're getting offered a contract from the publisher that just told me no. And being able <laughs> to celebrate with her when that publisher was my dream publisher from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I got there. And I got five books and I'm like, but I could name an author. I'm like, but at five books, she wasn't the always bestselling author that she is today, but publishers don't give you that kind of time. And so I say that to say, it's still a journey. I have to really watch my heart because publishing can feel very unfair. Uh, and, very <laughs> and it is, like, <laughs> it is very unfair. Yeah, I mean, it is. And I can look at it and go, uh, wait a minute, why are you pouring all of this into someone who's brand new when I'm doing everything you asked and more? And so those are the moments where I then have to go back to God and go, okay, I'm trying to have my heart in the right place, but I'm starting to see that it slipped out of alignment. So I don't want anybody to think that I've got it dialed in and made. I think where there's been progress is that now I can see that and I can go, okay, God, this isn't where... I want to be. I want this to be surrendered. I want this to be open-handed. Like when I, I got the answer from my current publisher that there wasn't going to be another contract, part of that journey was actually going, okay, God, does that mean I'm done? Because right. I don't want to keep pouring energy and emotion and effort into something where the grace is lifted yes. or where you're like, you've written the books I had for you to write. And what I think I've heard from him is you're not done. There's been some really cool encouragement that's happened, but I'm still waiting for the next contract. Right. Where I'm taking encouragement is I haven't gotten no's. Nobody has said no. So then I'm like, okay, is it because we're in the pandemic and they're still waiting to see what's going to happen? Right. But if it were a no, then it's a closed door. Where it is, it's still maybe an open door. I don't know. And so it's that journey of just being able to, in some ways, I guess, really trust God's timing 
more. And one of the things that I have been able to see by looking back, and that's one thing I'm really big on, is don't forget Mm -hmm. to stop and look back so you can see God's hand and see the progress. Because sometimes we get so focused on the future that we forget to see His provision in the past. And if we don't see His provision in the past, it's really hard to trust Him for the future. Right. And so by looking back, I could see if I had been under a deadline this spring, so spring of 2021, I don't think I would have been able to meet the deadline. And I've met every deadline ever, and that's 36 books. And that's because I was teaching full-time at a major university in COVID. And by the end of May, I was so fried. I didn't have anything left to give anybody. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to write under those conditions. And so I had to take like the rest of May and June to kind of get back to where I was like, oh. And then the novella I wrote that's coming out October 1st, my editor was like, this is the best thing you've written in a, you know, in it was fresh. It's funny. It's right. a new voice. Right. And I couldn't have done that if I hadn't been able to give myself May to just kind of decompress and go, okay, that was hard. And it took a lot out of me. But even being able to say that is huge for me versus just plowing on to the next thing. And the beauty you know? of that is God had you where you needed to be to minister to the kids who were in that yeah. school setting and to be able to to help usher them through their own difficulties and what they were facing as they were studying. And, and like you said, when we were talking earlier, you were like the only actual physical face of a professor that they saw. And you were there for God's purposes. And he knew how much energy you needed to put into that and how much energy you couldn't afford to put into the yes. whole writing. So we, it, we're we so focused on the immediate and we're so focused on saying, well, that makes no sense whatsoever. And God's like, my, my will, my wisdom are so far beyond anything Absolutely. you have. And so learning to say, okay, this doesn't make sense and it doesn't seem fair, but Lord, where else am I going to go? Yes. <laughs> and following down that path with him. And, you know, it's so true. I tell people, I feel called into two spaces and I don't want to go where there's not a call. Right. And so I, I still feel called to writing. I, and it's good because I always, I keep checking with my husband because mm-hmm. sometimes I get so focused on that. Well, I, I can't stop. I can't give up. And it's more of a, no, it's not giving up. It's a, is this where I'm supposed to be right now? So right. I, definitely feel kill, I definitely feel called to writing still, uh, which is fun. But I also very much feel called to the students where I teach. I mean, the, we literally have the largest international student population at a U.S. university. Wow. And a lot of those students come through my classrooms. And, you know, being that face, being someone that they know genuinely cares about them, and whether or not I'm shouting from the rooftop, hey, <laughs> I'm a Christian, I'm loving them. And yes. I, my prayer, I mean, I'll pray or walk campus. I'm like, God, help me to love them like you love them. Because there are days, some of them, I want to knock upside the head and go, <laughs> come on, get it pulled together. But at the same time, I just want to love them like Jesus does, because it's tough for everybody. And so making sure I'm showing up in that way. Right. And I think all of us who've been through college, and whether it's just undergrad or on into graduate work, we all remember, we remember the emotional ups and downs and how unbelievably difficult those times were in our lives. And to have somebody who can be an emotional, and even if we're not aware of it, a spiritual anchor for us, that's that's life-changing. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because you talk about this 
you know, this publishing industry being out of control, and we all would, would agree. But one of the things that we can also control are our thoughts. And that seems to be something that, that you've really taken hold of, is that you can control what you think about, and you can control how you frame what's happening in your mind, and you can control that you're going to trust in God for this, because that's a choice. And I love absolutely. that that's part of your journey. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think that that's one of the things that it can be so easy to lose track of. Mm -hmm. And there have been so many great books coming out lately about that from Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And just there's a whole host of them that are focused on that idea of taking every thought captive. Right. And that's when I can actually tell, okay, my spirit's not in the right place because my thoughts are out of control. Mm -hmm. And and so that has really become a place where I then stop and go, okay, God, what's your perspective on this? Because my perspective on this could be that everything is out of control and you're not showing up. And am I, you know, why is this happening for that person when it's not happening for me? And that's mm -hmm. not fair. And why are you taking care of me? <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I'm just being honest and transparent. I, I can I can check the status of my heart and my relationship with God and my ability to celebrate with my friends versus right. go, why not me? And there can still be an element of God. I would love that to happen for me too, but I always want my posture to be one where I'm celebrating the victories that other people get and able just to really be that safe place, whether it's at the university or my writing friends, yep. you know, to be able to be that place where they can come and know that they're going to be celebrated. Right. It's so important to know that we have people who are rooting for us, that regardless of, of what's happening with them in their own careers, that they're there for us and supporting us and celebrating with us and weeping with us. And, and that is a ministry so far beyond just writing that's that's a ministry mm -hmm. that speaks to hearts of not just the writers, but of everyone around us. Because when we're able to let go of our own, you know, we had a friend once who used to hold so hard to what she wanted that she would miss so many opportunities that, that God had for yeah. her. And I told her, here's the image I have. You're in a, a lifeboat on the ocean. And you are in this boat with friends who love you and you get frustrated because, you know, you're in the sun and there's no water. And so you jump into the water because you think that's going to be better and you're going to get what you want there. But there are sharks all around. And so the people mm. are looking at you saying, come back into the boat, come back where we can keep you safe. But if you hold so fast to where you think you should be and what you think you should get, you can't reach out to the hand that's seeking to draw you back into safety, seeking to draw you back into love. And, and when we get so focused on ourselves, we miss what God wants to do in us and in those around us. It's interesting to me that clearly Colleen Coble, Colleen Coble was a mentor to you, and now it yes. sounds like you are mentoring others. What put that on your heart? How did that come about? I love that you're doing that. Yeah, um, I think it's, just part of how God's created me. In a lot of ways, I kind of have that shepherd personality where right. I'm always looking for people. And there was a period of time, oh gosh, it must have been about 
I've been writing a while now. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind how long ago it was. <laughs> I was a baby when I started writing. A baby. But, um, there was this group of writers who had gotten their first contracts and they were starting to get second contracts. And I remember I was doing a mentoring appointments at American Christian Fiction Writers and Melissa Tagg sat down with me and I was like, why would you waste an appointment with me? Yeah. And she was like, because you're a few steps further down the road and I don't know how to do this. And I, I watch what you're doing. And at that moment, it was like, God said, okay, this is, I want you to be pouring into people and helping them. And so, I mean, that was when Sarah Ladd and Christy Cambrin and, you know, Beth Boat and all these people were, they had like one or two books out and I pulled us all together in what we called the Grove. And we became this really tight knit group, just cheerleading for each other. And then I could answer questions when they had questions about the business side or the legal side. And that was about three years. And then there was another group that got brought Mm. along at about that same level. And it's just part of my heart. And there have been a couple of times when I've been like, okay, God, why do you have me here? Why am I still in this? It's a lot of work. It's, I sell books, but I don't think I've ever jumped quite out of mid-list, which is in mm-hmm. the writing world, that is the <laughs> It's better to be debut or best-selling. But the fact that you write consistently and well, and like Flight Risk, the pandemic book just took second place in two very different awards. One was a mainstream thriller category, and the other was the Faith, Hope, and Love Reader's Choice thriller and I'm just like two totally different types right, of, right. of awards. And I, but that's, that's what I do. So, I mean, I, I write these great books, but he was like, he just kind of dropped in my heart. What if I'm here to be that encouragement and to be that yes. mentor for others? And maybe it won't be till heaven that I see all the people who stuck with it and their books might've been on the bestsellers list all the time, but I helped get them through that point that might've derailed them. Yes. And I was like, okay. I can be okay with that. I may not ever be like really like on fire excited about it, but I can be okay with that's how God's using me. Even as I continue to write books to the best of my ability and hope that someday I might get on that where I'm consistently on those bestseller lists. But it's been incredible the people he's connected me with and you know, even being able to tell my friend who's about to get the contract and she's in such a good place about it. Right. Uh, but being able to tell her, no, that means they're, you've got a contract coming. No. Yeah, actually it does. That's exactly <laughs> what that means. Oh, you know. <laughs> and so it's just fun to be able to, to walk people through that or to they're like, what, what does this mean that my agent said this? I'm like, oh, this is what that means. <laughs> I just be a translator. That's yeah, part of my yeah. calling, I think, is to translate, whether it's students in the law or authors and contracts. <laughs> I'm just here to help smooth the journey. Great. See, and I, I love that about God. He takes what he knows we have as abilities because he put them inside of us. And then he lets our experiences refine us and shine us up or rough us up so that we can speak from wisdom. And then we're there to help 
others on the path. And then they get roughed up and shined up and they can help others on the path. And that's, isn't that what discipleism is about? Isn't that what it's, what it is to just share our faith and our life with each others and be able to draw others into this amazing fellowship, not just of Christian writers, but this amazing fellowship of trusting in the Lord and being able to let go of control. Kara, thank you so much. I can't believe our time is up already, but it's gone so fast. So we have just loved having you here and thank you for the wisdom that you've shared. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. And it's always great to see you ladies. <laughs> you too. You too. Thanks, Kara. Thanks for joining us today. You can find previous episodes and more resources at rightfromthedeep.com. And I bet you know someone who needs this podcast, so please share it with them. So until next time, embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Mm-hmm.